Yo, this is J-Rod Sullivan, and I'm Ben's guest on Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by the big, the fat, the snare, the drum. This week's guest is Mr. J-Rod Sullivan, a badass drummer, programmer, arranger, producer, and educator. He's incredibly clean with both his beard trimming skills and his playing, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the things I love about him. He's very prolific, posting all the time on his socials, which currently sit at almost 90,000 on YouTube and nearly 230,000 on Instagram. I'm sure it's laughably beyond that if you're listening to this a few years from now, but he's currently the drummer for Jeffrey Osborne, Avery Sunshine, and The Four Corners. So, hope you enjoy this chat with J-Rod about the five influential records that shaped him into the drummer he is today, or at least the five he could think about this week. do you describe yourself as a drummer man um i feel like i'm all about feel it's like i want things to feel good when i play Mm -hmm. it's like when the list when a listener is listening to me play i want them to feel something from it and not just only be amazed like by speed or by chops or anything like that i want them to feel something and feel inspired and feel uplifted when they when they hear me play so i feel like you know that's what I that's what I strive for. That's always my goal is like touching touching people when I when I when I play through mm. you know whatever whatever it is that I play uh, whatever genre or anything like that's always my goal. So uh, definitely you know feel I'm a feel musician and you know I feel like I'm I'm a musical musical drummer and I always want to play and you know complement the music for every every section of the song and play with what fits the music to enhance it. I mean, I would say you've accomplished that. Thank you, man. So, of course, <laughs> dude. All right, so let's just hop into your top five, knowing that right. as the pedestal. So the first one, and I forget uh, if we were talking beforehand. You said these aren't in any particular order, but we'll just kind of, when we talk about them, you'll describe where you were and what happened with it. Right, for sure. I think the first two are in order. Actually, okay. maybe the first three, but yeah, I'll just talk about them. Okay. Um, so the first one is the album is Family Affair. The mm-hmm. release year was 2000. Hezekiah you Walker. You got it right. That's it. All right. And the, artist <laughs> is, and the artist is Hezekiah Walker. The song choice is Wonderful Is Your Name. And yep. the drummer is Jeff Leslie. I've never heard of Jeff, so I'm really excited to, to hear him. But let's just play the first minute of this, and then cool. we'll talk about why it meant so much to you.
Yeah, man. So this uh this album was the first CD that I ever owned. Mm. Like my dad got me, got me the CD for uh, one year for Christmas. I can't remember what year it was, but he got this CD and he got me a, a Walkman CD player, the silver silver one. Oh yeah. So uh, this was like the first time that I had the opportunity to like actually uh, study a full body of work. You know, before then, I would just, you know, listen to the radio when my parents were listening to the radio throughout the house, like a bunch of R&B and gospel music. But this was the first time that I, was, I had the opportunity to actually, like, you know, rewind and, you know, put songs on loop, listen to them a gazillion times and, you know, really study them to figure out what was going on in the music. So this was like around the time where um, I learned the importance of the relationship between the drummer and the bassist. You have, uh, you know, Jeff Leslie on drums, then you have Reggie Parker on bass. So to hear how they, you know, the pocket was so deep and just to hear how they how they gelled together, like um, how he complimented the, the bass line with the kick drum, just everything was just in, in sync. So this is kind of where I, I learned of that, you know, learned the importance of, of pocket and not necessarily playing, a, you know, a bunch of chops, but, you know, simplicity and just realizing how it made the music feel just to play your, you know, play your part sit in the pocket and you know just enhance the music so that's why this this record was so important to me why yeah. was it why why'd your dad buy you this record did you like it beforehand or did he just choose it for you well i grew up in i grew up in church so and he you know he already knew that i i, I was i was comfortable playing gospel music and that's what i was around mm. so i think that's why he ended up getting this album uh and he, you know he listened to it as well he listened to Hezekiah walker as well so you know he was he was just you know, trying to introduce me to some of of the people and the artists that he listened to as well and that he, you know, enjoyed. Music was honestly just a hobby for me around this time. Like, mm -hmm. I was involved in sports, so I played, you know, baseball, basketball, and football. But, um, you know, I would just come home after school and after practice or something. I may, I may sit around on the kid and, you know, play along to it, but not really, like, study it like that. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, you know, it was just fun. So... I definitely, no, I didn't really, I don't think I had the skill level at, at that time. I, I probably thought I did. You sure. know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. thought I sounded better than I did. But, you know, nevertheless, though, like it inspired me and it, it definitely, uh, you know, pushed me to want to get to that level someday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right. Well, let's go on the number two. So it's cool. Not Guilty is the album name. The release year, same year, uh, year 2000. And it's John P. Key. The song choice was Rain On Us and the drummer's Calvin Rogers. This is when I was um, introduced to basically soloing and, mm. you know, within the within the song like Calvin. I'll just talk about Calvin for a minute. Calvin has always been one of my favorites, especially when playing gospel music. Like, you know, you have like you have like certain guys that you that you channel sometimes when you play certain genres of music. It's like if I'm playing if I'm playing gospel, I always try to think about, you know, maybe certain sections within the song. I'm like, OK, how would Calvin approach this? Mm -hmm. and, you know, like certain concepts that I, I've taken from Calvin in the past. It's like, OK, let me let me try this here. So Calvin has always been one that I, I like to reference for for playing gospel music because he, you know, he plays something. He he plays it and, and he means it. You know what I mean? It's never like just playing it just because it's, it's all, it always has a purpose. Like he's always musical and it seems like he, he makes the just the right decisions in the, in the music. And I feel like that's what makes a, a great musician It's like to make great choices in music, you know what I mean? Knowing when and when not to play certain things. So that's why I like, I, I appreciate Calvin so much and he, he continues to inspire me. But um, 
Yeah, this song, like I said, is when I was first introduced to the idea of being able to solo and how to solo within the song. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's Rain On Us by, by John P. Key. But, you know, I was at a, um, I can't remember when I first found out about this. Well, it was definitely after 2000 because it was released in 2000. But I remember like trying to mimic what he played. And I think I actually did a YouTube cover mm. <laughs> it when I first when I first heard it. And it was a uh, yeah, it was horrible. After going back, and, <laughs> after going back and listening to it, it was yeah, it was it was horrible. Like, but make that private, all right? Yep, uh. there you go. Yeah, un unlisted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, nah, he was he was definitely he's definitely an inspiration, man. And uh, yeah, that's that's why this song and and this record means so much to me. But yeah, and and also too, man, hearing hearing once again like how he and um uh, the bassist Tony Russell how they locked when they played, mm -hmm. like deep in the pocket again. You know what I mean? It's not not overplaying and still you know complimenting the music and everybody's just playing their part and it's it's just it's everything is just in sync and it's it's grooving but yeah man in the groove <laughs> that was clean clean man and you see like after the solo he came right back to the right back to the groove everybody's just right back in jesus yeah that's amazing yeah, man. man yeah man so calvin calvin is definitely and will always be one of my favorites man that was i think during his earlier years mm -hmm. uh when he recorded that but and this was like the like i said this was like the first time i heard i heard of calvin and i've been following him since then like he he's like the Dude, he's played on pretty much everybody's <laughs> record within the gospel industry. Like, well-respected, um, great guy, too. I, I met him before. That dude, he, he's definitely one of my favorites. Hey, y'all. I wanted to... <laughs> I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by 55 snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums, 
it was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with the drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour and I didn't keep it. And I regretted it ever since then, just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time. And I just kept thinking about it. And so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums. So the Ocean Patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, check it out, reach out to me, go to Vessel Drum Co. The Instagram's just at Vessel Drum Co and check it out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Sounds great. Bye. All right, number three, the album is Meant to be Mint. Release year is 91. The artist is Mint Condition. I like when bands like have a fun play on their own name in the albums. It's, it's fun. Right. So it Mint is. Condition. Uh, the song is Breaking My Heart, and the drummer mm-hmm. is Stokely Williams. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about it, and then we can, we can play a little bit of it. Cool. So um, this record right here, I remember, it's like I, I still remember the day, like, or the days when I would come home and just practice this, practice to this music. So, like I said, I was involved in sports. So I played football and basketball and stuff like that. So I'll come home from practice and my parents, we, we lived in a, a one, just a one level house. So it was like, you know, a three bedroom, one bath in the beginning. And then like, that's where my kit was set up in one of the bedrooms. So it's like, I would go in and I'll play, I'll play to this record but I would be imagining myself in an arena or a huge venue. So you already know, like I'm in there just whamming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like listening to this record, it, um, once again, it's like, it, it reminded me that I don't have to, you know, play everything that I know and that, you know, how important sometimes that like simplicity is when playing music and how it makes everything feel, you know what I mean? So, I would go in, like I said, I would go in the room and just play, just play to this record and just stick out the groove and just try to really like lock with the, with the groove and, and like fall in the pocket. So yeah, this is, once again, this is, this reminded me that simplicity, sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why this record mean, you know, meant, meant a lot to me. And also just about Stokely, Stokely was a drummer on this record, but he's also the lead singer. He was the lead singer in this band. Those overachievers, damn them. Right.
That snare sounds like a sample. It's so consistent. It sounds awesome. It is, man. Um, so is Mint Condition still around? Is is he still singing? Is he still doing stuff? Or he is still singing, but I, I think he's just a solo artist right now. Mm, um, okay. He's not. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if he's still with Mint Condition, and I'm not even sure if they are still, you know, touring or whatever. But I know. I know for sure he's still touring. He just did a show in uh, in Atlanta, actually. I think last week or this week. Oh wow. Yeah. So he's still. Yeah. He's still getting around. Still moving. Um, all right. So number four. The album is Black Radio. The release year is 2012. The artist is Robert Glasper, Experiment. And the song choice is Cherish the Day. And Chris Daddy Dave. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about where you were, why this made the list for you, and then we'll play a little, a little bit of Chris. So this was, this record, it was, uh, first of all, when I first heard it, it was, it was something new that I had never, like, never heard before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a mixture and a blend between, you know, hip-hop and, and jazz and before like before listening to this record or hearing this i was always like i was always uh like focused on playing things with power and and loud mm. you know growing up in growing up in the church and playing gospel music that's pretty much what i was told in <laughs> in church like hey hit the kick drum harder play harder you know what i mean like i would it was in like uh one of the churches that I used to play with play at um uh, we had a we had a drum shield around the kit with no mics oh, so wow. it's like, <laughs> yeah so it's like but they would always tell me hey play harder but I'm like you know no mic no mics but anyway I was always told to play harder and with power so like I was never told like or taught to like use dynamics in music and so when after I heard this album I heard like how Chris was like, you know, using his dynamics throughout the throughout the music. Like, you know, when the song was was up here in in the energy, high energy, he was he brought his volume up. He he used the dynamics to match that that mood and that and that you know that moment. And then when the, the you know the dynamics were low, and the music came down, he would match those sections. And that's something that I noticed. But once again, it was never you know really you know, pointed out to me earlier in my career, like, hey, you know, use dynamics. But once again, this this brought that to my attention. And I, the concept, one of the concepts that, uh, you know, you were hearing the song, you you hear in the beginning where, you know, the music is kind of, is very subtle in the beginning. And he kind of like just creeps in and like <laughs> just kind of builds. So that's what, that's what I love about Chris. Um, and, you know, he does a lot of, uh, a lot of things were like ghost notes and those are some of the concepts that i took i took from him as well so but yeah chris chris is definitely one of my favorites he's one of my favorites too for sure that's a good way to describe him he just kind of creeps in yeah man yeah won't catch me running you're ruling the way that i'm moving and i
like real, just like real subtle. Mm-hmm. And then the off crashes, that's something else that I, I took from him, like the, the offbeat crashes that he does. You only can rescue me. This is my That's like, that's like, da da, and then just doesn't really just keeps the hi hat going. That's such a, those are the fills that make the hair on, on the, the back of my neck stand up. It's like exactly, man. And that's the stuff. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff and concepts that I, I took from Chris, man. I'm like, this is so original, and it's like I don't want to. I never want. I don't want to be Chris, but it's like once again, it's like you have these these certain genres that you play, and it's like, what's something that what's the what's the approach that so and so would use in this, and that's. That's kind of how I, I go about things. All right. Number five. The album is Chick Corea Electric Band. The release here is 1986. And yep. the artist is Chick Corea Electric Band. Song yep. choice is Rumble. And Mr. Dave Weckl is the drummer. So yep. where, where were you when this came into your life? So I was at, um, this was after high school when I was um, at Atlanta Institute of Music. And mm -hmm. I was, I think I was just about to graduate. And this is around the time where I was, uh, I had just joined my band, The Four Corners. So, like, coming from a background of gospel and R&B music, like, I had I had listened to fusion before, but it was still one of those genres where I didn't really understand it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had listened to, like, Tribal Tech. Uh, you familiar with Tribal Tech? With, uh, uh, I Kirk believe Covington. so. Yeah, Kirk Covington and uh, who else was in that band? I think uh, Scott Henderson. But, yeah, I had listened to them before. So I was somewhat, I was somewhat familiar with it, but like I said, I still didn't really understand it. So I joined, uh, I joined my band, The Four Corners, and how I think they came about, they just, you know, they saw potential in what I could become. So I joined the band, and the keyboardist, uh, Clarence Hill, you know, he told me, gave me the backstory about the band, you know, their inspiration, their influence, and it was Chick Corea Electric Band. That's, that's their main influence. So he was like, man, you know. You know, I see your potential and, you know, I, I believe if you really like, you know, study this music that you, you know, you can take your plans to the next level and definitely sound, you know, authentic when playing this genre. So he gave me this album to study and, you know, I just immersed myself in it mm -hmm. and like 
still when I was, it took me about, man, I'll say maybe five to six months to like really start to come around and sound like I kind of knew what I was doing within this genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it definitely, it definitely took time. And I think, I think one thing, um, like listening to Dave, I think one thing that, that Clarence, the keyboarder, he told me that really uh, clicked was that he, he explained Dave's playing like, you know, Dave is playing a solid groove, but it's almost like, you know, he's in the pocket, but it's almost like he's playing percussion around the groove. Mm. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I think I got it. I think I have, I understand the the approach, the concept of what's, of what's happening. And it's not like, he's not just playing like random stuff, like around the groove. It's like, it's, it's kind of equivalent to, you know, kind of what a, a the space that a percussionist would, would fill up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why this, uh, you know, that's why this album means a lot to me. It's like, it, it took me from, you know, I had, like I said, I came from an R&B and gospel background, but then once I mixed in this fusion side, it's like, I merged the two things together and it's kind of like I did one devil. Like sometimes I may take some stuff that I learned from playing fusion and put it in you know, the gospel and R&B side and then, you know, vice versa. So it's like, it just, it helped me to, it opened my mind up for one and then really allowed me to like, um, you know, pay even more attention to, to using dynamics. Um, and like, it just helped me to evolve as a, as a musician, I believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, just making more musical choices, paying attention to dynamics and like knowing when and when not to play certain things. So yeah, that's why, uh, yeah, that's why this album means means a lot to me. All right. Well, here's the yeah. song Rumble. that thing that percussion thing mm-hmm. so it's like you can feel the pocket but he's playing stuff around it to, to yeah. fill up the space Like it's like the snare, this snare pattern that repeats itself. It's like a, it's like a two, what, maybe an eight bar phrase loop that he does on the snare, like the same accents consistently, but yeah.
is he playing those pads in real time? Those like those kind of uh, those electronic drum sounds, or is that? Do you think that's overdubbed? Uh, that's a good question, man. I know live he did use um, he 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 did use the Simmons, but uh, as far as the record, I don't know if he. I don't know. I don't think he played that. I don't know. I don't know if he played that all the way through one take or if he went back and overdub. But um, he did. He definitely uses those live though. Wait, well, he did when he when he played with that with, with that unit. I mean, it's like the fact that we can even believe that he might be doing all that in real time is shows how good he is. <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna assume he did it all in real time. It's one take, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I am gonna allow you to have this as an honorable mention. So we're gonna go to number six this time, and it is uh, the artist is is uh, Zap and Roger, and the yep. album's All the Greatest Hits. The release yep. here is '93. The song choice is Grapevine, and the drummer is a TBA, and we're not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. I think all of those are program drums. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna confirm that. But um, yeah, I need to. I need to really find out. But for me, this record, um, like my mom, she she loves she loves Zap Zap and Roger, man. Like this was like a she had a CD. Um, it was this CD, the All the Greatest Hits CD, and. This was another situation where it's like, you know, you don't have to play a lot in order to make everything feel good. Mm-hmm. And this this particular song is like, it's just funky and it's it's nothing really happening with the drums. It's just do got do got do it's straight straight groove, but everything is just it's just moving. It's it's groovy. So I used to have this song on like repeat, and I produce as well. So it's like a lot of. Um, a lot of a lot of things that I may program when you know building live shows or producing a, a funk song or whatever or a track is like my I feel like my pocket and my feel came from music like that, mm-hmm. like where it was like this is like synth based and you know maybe electronic drums or maybe some live elements or whatever. But that's why this this record means so much to me because it's like I heard this song and I'm like. I want to make music that feels like that and it's grooving like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why this recommends so much to me. It's got actually a similar groove to the first one, which the open hi-hat on the downbeats. Yep. (laughs) This is rad. I think I said it was synth-based. I think it is. I think it's live-based, actually. And no snare, just claps. Yeah, the music is so weird in, in like the best possible way that a busy drum part would be like, dude, I want to hear this, what the vocals are doing, you know? It would it's take like, away from it. Exactly. Yeah. 
This reminds me of like the soul version of um, Devo's cover of Satisfaction, where they just took it and put it on its head. Yeah. Based, not yeah, <laughs> love it, dude. Before we go, I, I do want to give you a platform to talk about, you know, Got Pocket, uh, talk about your, you know, your lessons, uh, your drumless tracks, all that stuff. I mean, I want people to be able to interact with you a little more. For sure, man. So yeah, Got Pocket. Um, it's a clothing brand I started back in 2017. Um, you know, it's definitely for musicians and music lovers to once again to bring uh, the awareness about you know, being in the pocket and having pocket when playing music. And my definition for pocket is playing what's necessary to complement the music, meaning that, you know, playing your part to make everything sound good within the music, you know, no when and when not to play certain things. So that's got pocket. You can definitely, uh, you know, check out the, the clothing apparel at www.gotpocketapparel.com. Um, what else? Uh, oh, and then as far as my lessons, you know, if you guys want to, uh, you know, learn more from me or connect, you know, more with me uh, about, you know, drums or ask me questions or anything like that, you can check my uh, my lesson details out on my website, www.j-rodsullivan.com. Um, what else? I think that's it for now, man. Uh, I'm working on um, I'm working on my own project. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking to do, uh, you know, a few singles um and then eventually to you know lead up until the you know the full full project so definitely you guys uh stay tuned for that if you want to um you know stay stay in the, in the loop with things man you can check out my website again uh mm -hmm. jrodsullivan.com and sign up for the newsletter and you'll be the first to know to and, and receive all the, the updates and the you know releases first hell yeah and i'll i'll drop all that in the show notes just just whatever app you're listening on look at it click those links you can sign up there um yes, sir well j-rod dude this is awesome man um i will let you go because i know you are east coast and i am not so <laughs> right, i'll right. let you get some rest i'm sure you had a busy day but yes, uh, sir. yeah man i'll talk to you later and uh i'll talk to you later <laughs> yes sir man thank you man <laughs> all right see you dude all right bye And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.